0: Back by popular demand. You fucking leeches are sapping the life of my fucking soul. We're back, bitches. Is what well, we're going to do one next week? I don't know. Are we going to do it in a month? Probably. We got shit. Hangs got shit to talk. Uh, we're
1: fucking back. What's up, baby? Did you just blow your mic on this intro? Maybe. <laughs> Hell yeah. We're back. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been. Life got complicated. <laughs>
0: And fun fact: So the last the last episode that we uh, regularly recorded um, was uploaded. I can't find a specific date now, but it was about four months ago.
1: I was um, gonna say because wasn't the last thing we actually uploaded my my uh, summer anime? Yes, thing? and
0: that was three months ago. Yeah, um, we took a whole I, se- we
1: took an anime season off. <laughs>
0: I have not stopped paying for the podcast distributor.
1: Let's go! <laughs>
0: Which, we also only switched distributors because I wanted to do a second show, and the one we're on now is more amenable to having a second show, and that never happened.
1: Yeah, looking at you, you know who. <laughs> uh, James.
0: Yeah, so... We're so, back to talk about shit. Cause... We recorded... Right after I'd played Death Stranding, and I got to do a whole lot of Death Stranding talk, and then and then and then yeah, life happened. That was that was still twenty twenty two.
1: Your life's drastically different. Yeah, yeah, it sure
0: is. (laughs) It's it's currently almost six thirty. We still have roughly an hour of this to go, and I still have to make dinner, and then and then and then I have to get up at seven o'clock tomorrow for work. But hey, you know that's just being an adult.
1: Yeah no longer on the tv grind baby
0: yeah i'm out of i'm out of big tv and, and now it's nice for big government now, <laughs> now i'm working in a cubicle
1: the dream living the dream
0: in some ways it is i can't complain
1: well um i will say because we're we're trying to come back somewhat regularly again god damn it remember when i had issues saying that word Before we went on our sabbatical (laughs) and I didn't get any better. I love that. Um, I will, I think I am gonna still try to put out, it's, it seems a little late to put out a best of winter or fall anime season review, but I think I'm still gonna do that and then also do my best of 2022, which we might be able to segue into, um, one of the topics I wanted to talk about at some point, don't know if it'll be in this episode, uh, but the just utter disgrace that is the Crunchyroll Anime Awards, it just continues to be terrible. But we're not doing that today. Or yet. Yes. Good point. Or yet. But what we do want to talk about, or what I want to talk about, is uh, there's been a lot of, uh, Microsoft's been in the news a lot uh, recently good and bad mostly bad i would say probably probably mostly bad constitutes it um laid off a shitload of people uh and it hit everywhere in microsoft but um xbox seemed to get hit pretty hard and some of its associated studios uh, one of which being 343 getting hit pretty damn hard who makes halo um so I know we've talked a lot about what this means, and a lot of people have talked about what this means for Halo going forward. But uh, what what are your, what are your initial thoughts there, Chris, on uh, what the firings as a whole kind of like? Did is there a bigger meaning for gaming slash like you? Where where, where do you want to go with this?
0: Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, I definitely think you know I've I've heard some friends of ours have pointed out that a lot of it could be a lot of sectors especially tech sectors did a lot of hiring on during the pandemic and a lot of this could just be shedding people now that they were never meant to maintain and I know that 343 in particular does hire a lot of contractors and I think some of the staff leaving could be attributed to that because it is weird that like Microsoft on the whole has been doing pretty good like for the last couple years and I think especially in the last year they've They've been on an upswing. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me that they would then look and say, "Oh, things are bad and we need to let people go," unless it's just strict corporate greed, which, you know, when when you look at something like Game Pass, I'm not I'm not totally sure if it is all corporate greed. So it's it's a uh, it's a perplexing one for sure. I do think in regards to the 343 layoffs that does make things look especially not good for Halo Infinite.
1: Yeah, and that that's I mean we are not going to beat the already thrice dead horse anymore. We will let it stay in its grave. But um I'm it, it kind of is the last nail in the coffin for me in a sense. I I I've been playing it a little bit more again just cuz I thought oh season 3 is getting ready to start and who knows maybe somehow by a miracle season 3 will be good. But it's just to, to me there's there's some very obvious content that they could add that would make the game way more enjoyable to play, that I've seen what they've announced is coming in season three, and some of that is not a part of it, which is still baffling to me. Um, but I do feel really bad for a lot of the like a lot of the employees who were like you said most likely contract workers because three four three like you said was. Like almost famous for having probably more contracted workers than actual full-time employees, which says a lot about all the bullshit that's happened. There were uh, some big names and people in uh, the manager and director roles that uh, were let go. I don't know if Joe Staten was actually let go or if he just didn't get re-signed. Because, again, I think there was a lot of that, of contracts might not have gotten renewed. But um, the th- there is very little if no faith that we will get any more good single-player Halo content from 343 with Joe Staten leaving. Um, that, I- I've seen that amongst some other YouTuber Halo YouTubers that I follow, and I kind of share that sentiment. Maybe we're wrong, but I don't know. I, if we get any more single-player content for a Halo Infinite, I think that would be like just incredible and not likely to happen. So if we're ever going to get any more single-player stuff, it'd probably be in whatever sequel is. Uh, the live team, who knows? Like I said, with Season 3 starting, it'll be open. But all in all, yeah, really interesting to see how hard... 343 especially got hit, even though they then came out and announced... They're still making Halo and I'm like, great, cool, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I That's...
0: think that was my that was my favorite thing about this whole news cycle is like in any other situation, um, if you were if you were looking at uh like a beloved franchise staying or leaving with the developers that uh essentially shepherded it, because 343 didn't create Halo, even though they might still have some bones of the people that did Halo. In any other situation, you'd be rooting for them. And when 343 dropped the statement that was like, Master Chief and Halo are here to stay at 343 so we can continue to tell stories. In any other situation, I would have been like, fuck yeah. But I saw that
1: and I was like, oh. (laughs) Yeah, which is, I feel bad about because it's, you know, people's jobs. And I know there's plenty of people that work at 343 that care a lot about Halo and want to make good stuff. But their the, the management has been so bad. It's insane. But I, I, I just think in general, Halo as a franchise would definitely benefit from having other developers able to make games within the universe. I don't know why Microsoft has been like, no, we're only having this one studio make it. It made sense when it was Bungie because it was you know it was their baby. They, they created it, let them do whatever they want with it. But now it's like, why are you pigeonholing yourself into only letting three, four, three make games? When, as each with each subsequent game they make, there's less and less content in it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it it sucks too. I mean, you know, like I, I I don't want want to get too deep into it because you already said we don't want to beat the horse anymore. But um, yeah, if it should have been good,
1: yeah. The gameplay is still pretty decent. Like the game feels good. I still hate the weapon sandbox, which I've quickly came to hate and I just don't I just it's for me it's not it, which is fine. That could be a personal preference. But, but damn, hey, that battle rifle feel good. But hey,
0: you know what still is good at Microsoft?
1: Everything else. <laughs> Fucking Game Pass. <laughs> yeah, dude. Game there Pass was... just keeps hitting.
0: There was a developer, Direct, the other day, and they and they surprise dropped this game, Hi-Fi Rush, right? And I'm watching the stream, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay, like, a eh, 3D platformer with, like, some marina combat, press X and Y, a bunch of times, sure, I get it. Not really my style,
1: not really my thing, you know? Oh, really? Um, I thought the rhythm aspect would have had you.
0: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I was looking at the trailer, and I did think, like, oh, it's cool that they're trying to incorporate that. But most times, like, when I've played games that try to incorporate rhythm elements when it's not just strictly a rhythm game, I never really feel like it's implemented too well. Um, I did download and play the first level of Hi-Fi Rush earlier today, and I am fucking sold. <laughs> I'm in. I love it. And that's I, kind of what I, I, played, I played, like, 15 minutes, and I, and I was like, oh, this is my jam.
1: Oh yeah, I I've played a a little bit more than you have. I got to a part where I finally died because um w- with it being a rhythm mechanic and having to hit combos. Guess what? I'm not very good at it.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> uh, shocker. But um my my initial thought was, oh Chris would love this. Has he? I, I was <laughs> curious if you'd played it yet. So when you when you messaged me that today, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I I kind of knew you would like it.
0: Yeah. In general, I I feel like any more. It's, it's hard for me to decide to pick up a game if it's not, like, the simplest game I've ever seen. That's <laughs> like, weird. Like, looking at a game that has systems and things that I need to learn feels exhausting. <laughs> so, so I look at what's happening in Hi-Fi Rush, and I look at the list of combos, and I just get tired. Like... I don't want to have to remember that I can hit XXYY, but then also hit XX, X, pause, YX, and then also, like, XX, dodge, YYX, you know, shit like that. It's just a lot. But then, you know, occasionally something comes along, you know, look at a game like Cyberhook, and, like, I get Cyberhook. I, I look and I click and I swing. That's it. I'm good to go. I beat Cyberhook, like, two weeks ago. You know what I'm still playing? I'm
1: still playing Cyberhook. Nice. Games are hard. I'm tired. I do kind of agree with you though the amount of combos that you can do in this game are kind of overwhelming. I don't think you it's meant for you to do all of them. You can buy them and pick the ones you like using the best. And who knows maybe there's different beats with different levels that certain combos play better to. I, I kind of feel like that's something that will end up happening. But um, just the sheer amount, because at first it was like, oh, there's only going to be like two or three combos. This game's going to get old super fast. And then it's like, oh, each level unlocks more combos for you to be able to buy. So it's, it's, it's pretty good, even though I suck at it. I've enjoyed it and kind of fuck with the, the art style as well.
0: Yeah, that too. Like, I don't know. I looked at the main character and it was like, okay, yeah, he's kind of generic. Um, and he definitely is. And that's always the point. But I don't know, the more the su- I play, the more it grows on the me. The
1: supporting characters, though, <laughs> love yeah. the first uh, <clears throat> supporting character, Peppermint, that gets introduced. She's—I love her character model. It's awesome.
0: I do feel like uh, having played through the first level, though, um, I thought I thought it was funny. So when you're when you're going through and like setting up all your settings initially in the game, they, they tell you about the streamer mode they have for the game. And they were like, oh, yeah. we got we got some real actual names with actual music in this game. So if we turn on streamer mode, we're going to take those out. You know, understandable. And then I get to the first boss, and it's a Nine Inch Nails song. And immediately I'm like, okay, this, this was not made for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's still good music. I'm still into it. It doesn't take me out. But, like, that's not the shit I listen to.
1: And I hope
0: later levels will have something that I can actually vibe with. Well, it's mostly,
1: like, rock-type music.
0: Yeah, but I just don't listen to popular music, which makes it hard. So like if it's going to slot into a genre I listen to, I need it to be a little more synth heavy.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. The whole yeah. idea is that the main character wants to be a rock star.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that it's it's my problem to have.
1: What what else did they show? I can't even remember. That's probably There was not a that good Minecraft
0: thing. game, they had that Minecraft fucking RTS game. That looked
1: pretty cool. I kind of I kind of might fuck with that. It looked kind of fun. But also stressful. Very stressful. <laughs> it would stress this shit out of me.
0: Yeah, it's nice to see. I was a little cynical at first when they started doing uh, Minecraft spinoff games. Because I was like, Minecraft's good enough. Just let Minecraft be Minecraft. And and I, and I still think that's totally fine. And, and Minecraft would be fine if they didn't dilute the property by making games of it. But I'm pretty sure every spinoff game that has come out from Minecraft, they've all been pretty good. So, like, if you're going to do it, fucking do it, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, there was
0: that, and there was Minecraft Legends, I think.
1: Yeah, that's um, the, like, Dungeon Diver one, isn't it?
0: Yeah. The the only one that was kind of so-so was, like, when Telltale did the Minecraft oh. narrative with Patton Oswalt.
1: <laughs> I forgot that they did that. Yeah. I, I guess I try to forget some of those Telltale games that were just <laughs> kind of cringe and don't know why were made.
0: I think that actually got uh, ported to Netflix. As one of their choose-your-own-adventure movies? No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it did. Oh, God. Which, like, that's definitely a better avenue of uh, distribution than a Telltale game, I think, for the audience that Minecraft aims for.
1: Um, Yeah, but that's still disgusting. (laughs) Yeah.
0: No, I don't like it. Uh, But, yeah, no, it looks cool. Um, Definitely also not my thing. I'm not an RTS guy, but it looked polished and i think at the end of the day that's all you can really ask for
1: yeah we gotta uh, i i'm now picked i've picked up elder scrolls online again after watching their not even really reveal of the new like expansion coming and i kind of hate myself for playing it but i'm like oh yeah this is kind of fun i kind of like this so if you're an elder scrolls online fan there's new content coming there and then yeah. what showed the new forza game which just looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah,
0: always. It's the only thing the racing games are good for.
1: And there was a, there was a fifth game. What was it?
0: Uh Redfall. Oh yeah.
1: They spent a lot of time on Redfall. Also, real
0: quick, I want to point out that we're both okay. idiots. Um the, the Minecraft game they showed off, the RTS, was called Minecraft Legends. The one that is oh. Dungeons is called Minecraft Dungeons. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs>
1: Uh, they look yeah. kind of the same. <laughs> well, yeah, I
0: mean, it, it all it all fits pretty nicely into the Minecraft aesthetic. I think e- even yeah. even if they are quote diluting the brand, at least visually, it's consistent.
1: True. I would hope so. With it being Minecraft, like that's its whole thing is its appearance, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, am I falling out
0: of love with Arcane,
1: the studio? Oh, man, you're not not you're not feeling uh redfall i i don't know like like that's the problem is like
0: i you know like most people i loved dishonored dishonored is an amazing game cannot speak the praises of dishonored enough um i had a bad experience with dishonored 2 and i played about a third of it and i never touched it i really wanted to play deathloop I played like two hours cumulatively of it and I never touched it. So like Redfall on 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 paper in the books, Redfall should be something that is right up my alley. And I just I just don't know. It's just it's not it's not really grabbing me. The things I'm seeing are like, yeah, this is for somebody.
1: I think my issue is I don't think their like gunplay is good.
0: Yes, that's and, correct.
1: And so like with Deathloop And then now Redfall, it looks like it's just the Deathloop combat system, which was, like, the same as Dishonored, the same as Prey. And I'm not a fan of it. I think it feels clunky as shit. Like, I'm playing—it's, like, bad Bioshock to me, like, combat-wise. And I've just never been a huge fan of it. The game looks interesting, but then when they were showing— I was trying to think, because there's a game— I swear to God, there's a game I that is already out that was just very similar to that. Like there was a, it was like a mix of Fallout and something else. Like maybe, maybe like We Happy Few. Like if there there was a Fallout Four expansion mixed with the art style of We Happy Few, that's what this game looks like. And you're not,
0: you're not thinking of Metro, are you?
1: No. I don't think so. Just the whole island they're doing it on in this game is mm. just very similar to a Fallout Four expansion that took you to an island. I think it That's was fair. four. Maybe it was. It yeah, I think it was four. Um, so the, like the island aesthetic seems very familiar, and I, I don't know. There's just something about it that seems like it's gonna be forgettable. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, I but, don't yeah. want it to because it seems like a pretty cool idea. But I'm always skeptical of games where it's like you can play it solo or you can play it co-op. Like, how the fuck do you scale it then?
0: Yeah. Sometimes I feel like my biggest issue is I'm just getting old. <laughs> <laughs> and and like how how many games can I say I, that I that I feel tired thinking about playing them before the thought of video games at all just makes me feel tired.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're not like movies where you're just in and you're out. They are big commitments. Yeah, but to your
0: point, I agree. Arcane gunplay has always felt clunky, and to an extent, I think they can get away with it because, like, in a game like Dishonored, I tried my best not to ever shoot anybody because, like, you know, even in a stealth game where they tell you you can play however you want, be loud, be quiet, whatever, you're always going to go the quiet route. Because you're playing a stealth game. And at least for me, if I'm not at least trying to be stealthy and then being loud as the fallback when things go wrong, I feel like I'm playing the game wrong.
1: Mm.
0: And I feel like I'm getting less content. I get that. But then, but then you move to something like Prey and there's still kind of a stealth element but the enemies are also like more actively pursuing you well then gunplay becomes a lot more important and the the things that are wrong with this sort of start to shine through a little bit more um, deathloop gets back to dishonored but now now it's just like they're so much more polished as a dev it's been it's been longer they've been making games longer i feel like if they if they were able to turn the dial just a little bit closer to something like Doom, it'd be a lot more fun.
1: Mm, like a little more fast paced,
0: yeah. arena shooter type. Because like I don't I don't know what makes gunplay feel good, but I know good gunplay when I feel it. And Arcane does not do amazing gunplay.
1: I've had worse. Like
0: Cyberpunk was worse, but mm-hmm.
1: they're they're still not quite there. I think so much of it is just how you feel when you're moving your character. And I feel clunky as shit in our Arcane game when I'm moving my character. Yeah. but
0: Clunky is definitely the word for it.
1: Yeah. All in all, I thought the the Direct was pretty good. Um, All those games are supposed to be coming out this year. They had release dates on, I think, All But One, which I think was Redfall. It just said... What's one of them said in 2023. I can't remember.
0: Uh, I am watching the end of the Redfall section of the direct to see. That one might uh, have actually
1: been March. May. April. May 2nd. May. So it was not that one. Um, maybe it was Forza, which would make sense maybe. if they didn't know exactly when that was coming out. Yeah, Hi-Fi but, uh, Rush was my favorite because it was a surprise drop that same day. <laughs> You can. Pl- I knew they were gonna have something on there that you could play today. Yeah. I just knew it, and I was right. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, it was Forza. Forza is just coming sometime this year. Which I mean, that always releases in the fall. So. Yeah, they don't know if it's gonna be September, October, or November yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, they gotta they gotta have the cool card game to make their console look the best that it can before the holiday season. Always. Hey, you know what? You know what? Like, okay, I'm still—I'm almost thirty years old, right? You know what I'm still fucking bitter about? Tell me. My fucking stepmom. Uh oh. <laughs> reaches out to me every year and says, "Chris, um, your father and I would like a Christmas list for you, so we know what to get you for Christmas," which, which already feels a little outdated, like. You should know me, just, like, get me a gift, fucking think about me for 30 minutes, and then buy something you think I might like, and that's the whole point of fucking gift-giving. But also, why would I give you a list when you're going to choose not to get anything on that list? Anyway, whatever. Oh, I'm,
1: oh, I can relate to that.
0: <laughs> I'm mad because... I made that list and then specifically did not take advantage of any cool Black Friday deals for PS5 games because I thought, I'm going to put some PS5 games on there. They know it's Black Friday. They know they can get these on the cheap, and they didn't get me a single fucking game. So now I'm staring down the barrel of still having to pay $40 for Returnal. Oof.
1: we Well, just wait till the next sale. That'll happen soon. <sighs> Hopefully. Ish. Might not be till, like, Labor Day.
0: Honestly, I'm probably better off yeah, waiting for PlayStation to put Returnal
1: on their great games under a $20 deal. Oh, did you see, uh, speaking of PlayStation games, did you see the thing that came out, or the, the quote, I don't know if it's a leak or the announcement, that uh, Sony announced that retro PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation 3 games are coming to Steam soon. Oh, uh, shit. And someone was like... <laughs> Yeah, no. They're they're not bringing they're not bringing games to Steam. They're bringing the uh, Metal Gear games to Steam. That's what's happening. And I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> spicy. If that's correct, that'd be awesome cuz I've been wanting to play them and uh that would be an easy way unless they're expensive. In which case I'll go back to ripping them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, honestly, if there is if there's a franchise that would be ripe for a remake, and at a remake, not a remaster. I think the Metal Gear games would be really good candidates for it. I did. I recently tried to play Metal Gear 2, and, and there is some jankiness about the way that game is controlled that is only forgivable in the year that it came out, because, <laughs> like, Comparing it to Metal Gear 5, which Metal Gear Solid 5 is a triumph of the third-person stealth shooter genre, um, Metal Gear 2 fucking sucks. Whoa. Like, let me break it down for you. In Metal Gear 2, like, it's a stealth game, so you can crouch, right? You know, you want to crouch behind boxes so you can hide behind people? Yeah. You know what you can't do while you're crouched? Walk. Yes. Correct.
1: Wait, what?
0: Yeah. So, if you crouch, and then you get spotted, your instinct is to move, so you push the joystick, but then, instead of walking, uh, Snake will get onto his stomach and start crawling, prone, on the ground. So, he then you to gotta get- stop... <laughs> And press the crouch button so he'll get off the ground, and then you have to press the crouch button again so he'll stand up, and now you can move. And by this point the bad guys have already thrown a grenade at you, so by the time you take a step, it's exploding.
1: Well, here's here's the easy fix, Chris. Just don't get seen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Alright.
0: Alright, I gotta alright. I gotta try that.
1: Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I bet it'll change your life. <laughs> and
0: also, it it still had, like, the, the like, GoldenEye style of aiming, where once you aim down sights, like, suddenly you're targeting, like, a laser gun in an arcade instead of aiming, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. It's so weird. I don't understand the nostalgia for GoldenEye. Like, I mean, I mean, granted... I did not grow up playing Goldeneye. I have only played Goldeneye as an adult, so I can only say, this is fucking garbage. How can anybody stand this anymore? But, Chris, now you can play it
1: on Game Pass. Yeah, I will not. Oh. I mean, if we have Garb, Game Night, and Goldeneye, you wouldn't participate? All right, fine, yes. If I was
0: peer pressured into it, I would. But of my own volition, no.
1: That's fair. I can't blame you there. I I don't think I've ever actually played it, but when I've watched people play it, it looks like an awful experience.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like I think I've played GoldenEye on one, maybe two occasions, and it was it was it was post having played Halo three. Oh god. So like hard standard to beat, let alone playing something like Destiny, which again, for all the gripes I have about Destiny, the best gun play I have ever had. High praise. Hands down. Hands down the best gunplay you could hope for in a video game. Bungie knows how to make guns shoot good. They just don't know how to manage a live service game without throwing five different economies at it.
1: You know who knows how to make video games look good on the TV? Who is like that, that like, Hayden? Like that Segway? That was fucking <laughs> sick. I, fucking <laughs> I don't know where you're going. <laughs> apparently Neil Druckmann and HBO because... Oh, you
0: meant like that.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> the adaptation of The Last of Us is pretty great. Yeah. Just a few episodes in.
0: Yeah, as of this recording, we are three episodes in. I have not seen the third episode yet, but it is one that I am particularly excited for. It's gay. <laughs> it is gay. That was not yes. a,
1: that, yeah, that that it's just, it, that was not putting it down. <laughs> it's a fact. If you've seen it, you get it
0: yeah, Nick Offerman plays uh, a gay character in the episode, which I think, um moving <laughs> along with like the kind of style they've been going with. I do think that, uh, the character he plays is Bill. Bill only appears in one chapter of the game, The Last of Us. And the, the gay thing was kind of a reveal at the end of that chapter. You find out that he had a husband before everything went went to shit. I think in the episode, they're going to expand on that a lot more. You get some scenes that actually show him and his husband interacting. So that's all going to be new, which which is something I've been really enjoying about the series, like you pointed out. It's, it is one-to-one game accurate when it wants to be but it also knows the things that you should embellish on if you are telling a long-form story for the screen, and the things that it is including outside of the scope of the game are all done incredibly well. And that, and that is either attributed to Neil Druckmann or the direction of the guy who is directing it, whose name I forget, because he also did Chernobyl.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's why the horror elements of it so far, they haven't been a whole lot yet. I think they've been handled pretty well. Um, which makes sense because I'm on the record saying that I think it's episode three of Chernobyl is one of the scariest things I've ever seen about something that's technically not horror. It's just <laughs> them doing stuff, and it was terrifying. <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it so far. I've talked to some other people uh, from work who have not played the game who are watching it and are also saying that it's very good. So it's kind of cool to see it be so well-liked. It's already been renewed for Season 2, and it's already been announced that Season 2 will cover the story of Last of Us Part 2. So get ready for people to get fucking pissed about something that's going to happen early in Season 2. I can't wait. Honestly, it might happen. it probably happen in the first episode. It's going to be great.
0: Yeah, I am curious what the discourse is going to be like when that season comes out. Like, like I wonder if people who are show only will have the same kinds of reactions that people did when the game came out. And I, I think inherently there will be some things that are different because a lot of what people complained about in the second game was, like, like kind of concerning sexist. levels of misogyny.
1: It was sexist as shit.
0: Yeah. I it- I think I think there were kernels of actual good criticism in there, but it was certainly not
1: projected in any healthy way. Yeah. Like what was her name? Abby. A- Abby. I I wasn't just a huge fan of the Abby some of the Abby storyline shit, but like some people were going out of their way going, "Oh girls, don't look that buff. They can't <laughs> do all that shit." I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Shut up." Like, my issues were more story aspects, not even like, that, that character aside, it was just the direction the story took that I had some, I personally didn't think was the best way to do it, but I don't know fucking shit about that, so, actually writing that, so my opinion means almost nothing, but yeah, the misogyny about Abby's character, and even Ellie as well, I thought was pretty fucked up. Uh, and said a lot about where the gaming community still is as a whole which is kind of sad um but to your point it, there there's some wild shit that happens in part two that will be I, I will be on the edge of my seat just to see people's reactions of that haven't played the games
0: yeah the the most disappointing headline for me at that point will be inevitably when the last of us is renewed for season three
1: well yeah but that will come out probably coincided with the last of us part three maybe Um, because even though they haven't announced that they're gonna do it like it it, the man my man neil doesn't come out and go oh yeah we're thinking about doing it we'd like to do it when that shit's probably not already halfway done
0: yeah i i am just concerned if they decide to go the route of telling an original story because they just want to make more money so if it will oh yeah if it will be still like along with the game or or you know if if it's still written by Druckmann, i could still forgive that but you know if game of thrones has taught us anything um we're really pessimistic
1: yeah well it, as long as Druckman's associated with the par- with the project i i don't really have any worries about where it will go direction wise uh or, or overall narrative wise like again there could be some over some some story beats that just I don't agree with potentially kind of like what happened in part 2 but overall I think it will be in good hands especially with HBO I that, that was the other thing I kind of wanted to pivot to off of talking about the last of us which was some of the discourse that was has been going around about <laughs> how the last of us in um The video game adaptation curse which to me is still one of the craziest fucking things for people to act like there are a bunch of media companies video game journalism places act trying to act like the video game curse isn't a thing (laughs) just blows my mind and especially then when two of their biggest pieces of content that they point to that they use to demonstrate they're not being a curse are one or one part one part they're both animated and two as so, i think it was some someone we know said one of them's not even technically an adaptation those being arcane which is the one that's not technically an adaptation it's just something in world and then castlevania i mean both of which are absolutely incredible banger shows but they're not live action so to me which I to me means, yeah, we need more adaptations that are just animated because I think they'll just be better in general. But then too, look, you, there's so many like what is another live action don't besides Sonic? <laughs> what is another live action that you would say is like really good? Live ad, live action adaptation of a video game? Um
0: one hmm, well, that's really good. I mean, honestly, I don't know,'t didn't, didn't people kind of like Warcraft? I don't know. Couldn't tell you. (laughs) I mean, granted, Warcraft was, like, largely CG. Maybe maybe entirely? I don't remember. I don't
1: actually remember Warcraft. Maybe it wasn't good. But, like, it was forgettable and fine. Yeah. This is... I will say it's the best live-action video game adaptation we have. By bar none, The Last of Us, that is. Like, I, I don't know of anything that compares to it.
0: Yeah, I think I think if anyone's gonna say anything, otherwise it, it's gonna come down to a matter of taste. Um, because you know, an, an, another that kind of slots into the arcane style of adaptation. There was Detective Pikachu, which was largely positively received. But
1: I I just view that. See, I guess and then you get into the semantics of well, what's an adaptation? Because right. that's just a Pokemon movie,
0: right? Because it is an adaptation of a game, but it is a spinoff game that's not really a Pokemon game, so it gets a little gray. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: It's, it's kind of doing its own thing.
1: It's just like, we the last one we had before this was Uncharted, and that movie fucking sucks. <laughs> yes. So, I, I don't know. It just baffled me that that was even a thing of being like, oh, the curse has already been broken. I am mean, like, just because there have been financially successful projects that have come out, that does not mean... That's not what people are talking about when they talk about the video game curse. It's that the the quality of it is bad. It's really easy to make video game IP make money when you do a live action thing because people know about it and want to go see it, and then they're like, oh my god, this is shit. I, I don't know. It was really yeah. w- a really weird thing to see to me.
0: As an example, I'm going to list a bunch of bad video game movies right now. Yes. Prince of Persia, Silent Hill, Assassin's Creed, Rampage
1: Monster
0: Hunter, starring Mila Jovovich. (laughs) Oh, God. Hitman, Agent 47. The newest Mortal Kombat. Okay, that one
1: wasn't awful. Uh, (laughs) I had fun with that one. Sure. Tomb Raider. You're forgetting Super Mario Bros. Super Mario Bros. But not Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2. You know, I brought that up to a co-worker over the weekend, so you should know who it is, and she uh, was like, I didn't think they were good.
0: Well, they weren't for her. (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: Sonic the Hedgehog 1 is like a 6 out of 10 kids movie. It's totally fine if you're not into that. Sonic the Hedgehog 2, however, 10 out of 10 video game movie. Can't complain.
1: Okay. Well, that's some high praise from Chris.
0: Also, I Googled real quick live action video game movies for that list, right? And yeah. and I know that it's all filtered in by the algorithm. I can't be mad, but why the fuck is Trod and Tron Legacy here? Those don't count. <laughs> those don't yeah, that's count. Weird.
1: That's weird. I would not put those in there. But even that like we still have bad shows. Like I well, I don't want to say bad. The Witcher is uh complicated. <laughs> uh, yeah, especially recently uh because it's like the one that's truly an adaptation because it is not doing what everyone wants you to do in an adaptation and just follow the fucking source material it's like in the world it's loosely based off of the source material but they're taking a lot of liberties to change stuff around which is fine That's you if you do it well People usually welcome that kind of shit because some stuff doesn't portray well on the screen, whether it be a movie or TV. It's a little – I'd say when it comes to TV shows, you don't need to do it as much because the, the the source material is usually better at being done in a lot longer drawn-out form such as telev- premium television than a two-hour movie, let's say. But um, wait, didn't we get another – Oh, what was yeah, the one did. that everyone hated? Oh, that everyone hated? Yeah. Uh, like Wheel, Wheel of Time?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, people did not like Wheel of Time.
1: People who read that fucking hate that adaptation. <laughs> That's not video games, per se, but, you know, I say I guess The Witcher's is more, more of a book adaptation as well. Yeah. But, you know, you get into some of these other just adaptations off of things that... Sorry, I'm I'm taking this in another direction that I don't mean to. So I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> no, it's okay. I do think this is probably gonna be a
0: large chunk of the episode, but this will probably work as a pivot to move into a different topic. But I do think that if you if you break it down, if you wanna have a larger conversation about how video games are adapted, I do think there are distinct approaches that work better for some properties than they do others. Cause like The Last Agreed. of Us The Last of Us is an example of even even though it includes parts in the adaptation that are not in the game, the the adaptation so far is essentially one to one to the video game. They have not added or taken away almost anything from the story of the game. Anything that they add are things that were already hinted at in the larger world or even if they weren't, they're things that have no bearing on the story that is being told between Joel and Ellie. Like the scene at the beginning of episode 2 where they have the uh, the mycologist come in to look at the body that has been invaded by the fungus. That's not in the game and that scene has nothing to do with the actual story that's happening, but it's just a little bit that like tells you more about the virus, shows you how it infects people. It's the kind of thing you would want to see in a TV show. Um, Castlevania, uh, instead, is not necessarily telling the story of the game, but it uses the characters of the game, and it introduces them in a way that tells a largely overarching story based vaguely on the game. Arcane is an interpretation of lore these events did not happen they're probably not canon but it's all the characters you know hitting all the story beats that you want them to thrown together in a way that makes sense for a story Th- another approach for one that you did not mention that we should bring up is cyberpunk edge runners oh yeah i would not want to see the story of cyberpunk 2077 told in the a different form than the game is already set up as. There's a lot of things that happen in that story that is specific to the way that video games tell their story, and I'm not sure it could be ad- adapted super well. But, Night City and the world of Cyberpunk is ripe to tell any manner of story in that setting that you want. So, Cyberpunk Edge Riders isn't even really an adaptation, it's just playing with the toolbox of the world that... Um, uh, our Talsorian games and CD Projekt Red has built. Because even though Edge Runners has nothing to do with the video game, all of the sights that you see in the anime, all the sweeping scenic shots, every scene in Night City, you can actually find those locations in-game. It's effectively canon to the game, but you could watch it or play Cyberpunk and you wouldn't miss out on anything from any story because they're all completely separate.
1: Well said. And, and, yeah, I just everything. think
0: in for, for some properties, different approaches work better.
1: Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. And th- some of the problem is stuff not getting adapted in its better suited form or medium. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, that could transition us to uh, some massive gripes you have had with the Crunchyroll Anime Awards because Cyberpunk oh, Runners* was up for a lot of
1: awards and rightfully so. I guess, yeah. <sighs> I didn't think we were going to get to that, but that, that works. We can close with that. Um, I I can keep it kind of brief. It just is, I mean, I think the biggest issue I have with how Crunchyroll is doing their anime awards, and I feel like I did this, I, I went on the same exact rant last year, <laughs> Is just that they just they they are they continue to do things that you can't advertise your product as like do so they try to be the like the equivalent of the Game Awards or like the Oscars of an, of, an, of anime I would say I I, I that that seems to be kind of how they would like to be seen like the the Grammys maybe is a better did they still better, do like a big live
0: streamed actual award
1: show this year uh, I think they're doing it yeah they okay. haven't done it yet but because voting's closed but the oh, biggest right, issue okay. that. The biggest issue they have is, one, the fan vote being a contributing factor. Because then the shit that wins is always what is the hottest in that came out last year. But the biggest issue I have is uh, 2022 was an absolute banging year for anime. There was a shitload of really good shows that came out. And then only, like, six shows got nominated in, like, every category. Amongst all the categories. It was predominantly the same six in just about every category which is just absolutely ridiculous to me and the fact which the big reason for that is because they later or people later found out that nothing in the fall season was eligible to be nominated so why the fuck is it how do i don't (laughs) anime comes out in quarterly seasons and they're coincided to have four of them in one calendar year. And you're telling me you can't can, you're a fuck like you're starting from winter to summer or no, it'd be fall to summer seasons. The fact that the shit that comes out at the beginning of the year or the end of the year isn't included. So for instance like uh Chainsaw Man, Mob Psycho. Those are the two of the biggest shows and best shows that came out at the end of last year. And none of them, they're not nominated in anything because they're taking stuff that came out at the beginning or at the end of 2021 as being eligible to be in it, which is just fucking ridiculous to me. I i, I cannot comprehend that. Yeah, it does.
0: I Growing up watching anime... You know, I remember the very first animes – you know, relatively speaking, you came into anime a lot later than I did as a matter of, like, what age we got into it, right? So I remember watching anime, like, back in the day, old school YouTube, 2006, where you had to watch anime – in three parts because the upload limit was 10 minutes and the picture might have been inverted so they could still get past the anti-piracy bots. And then to see it transition into the seasonal model, which I think is still good, it's still good for like a modern viewing experience, but to see like the diversity in anime grow and see like the sort of structured release of like, this is when the shows come out, I have my watch list, I know all my stuff I want to watch, this is getting announced, trailers are coming out. And then yeah, to see it distilled still down to like the same, at max 10 shows across all the categories feels like crunchyroll is doing a disservice to the industry that's supposed to be like an ally for
1: yeah I, the I, the thing that also i think makes it not look good it'd be a bad look for crunchyroll is you have other uh sites like uh anime trending does their awards every year but they're it's all uh you know user voted upon so it's all popular vote but they have criteria throughout the year on how something gets nominated per category like they have their cat- their categories i don't think change year to year um but so at the end of each season you vote on who was the what was what were the best shows the top like two automatically get put into anime of the year and then, if you're, like, in the three or four, you get put into a giant pool that will then be voted down further at the end. So, like, if there were four, three shows from each season that weren't top two, you would then take those 12 and whittle those down to, like, four. And those four would get thrown in. So, it's like, there's, like, 12 shows nominated for anime of the year, which is fine. Because usually, there's about that many really good shows that, I mean, who the fuck cares if they're all nominated, in my opinion. Like... Yeah. Whatever. There's so much content coming out now that I think you need to adapt to that. Especially when there's one or two bangers every season, that so you're almost guaranteed eight like eight point five plus shows, um, score wise.
0: I wonder. I, I I don't I don't think this would be good as a measure of quality because you know some seasons just have a lot better shows than others, but it might. It might be a step towards representation, I guess, if you said um, anime of the year, the the category anime of the year is going to be made up of the best three or four shows from each season.
1: Yeah, which is essentially like what anime trending tries to get to.
0: Because uh, yeah, I do I, think leaving it entirely up to the public is also fucking stupid because people don't know what they're talking about and they're going to vote for the popular stuff anyway. Well, so to have some kind of structure to it, I think is helpful, but obviously is not doing it the right way.
1: It's a little different with anime trending just because it's all people like me who've watched fucking everything. <laughs> so there's not the just piling on on the hottest shounen. it's mm-hmm. it's a lot more deep cuts that get recognized. Um, now, now now, like, you know, if it, like if Chainsaw Man was up, it'd probably win some stuff. Even though I didn't think it, the first season was altogether that great, just because of the content that is covered in the first season, and it gets fucking nuts from season one. I went into season one going, "Oh, it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be animated really well," and like everything technically on it was great, but the story in season one of Chainsaw Man's just eh, whatever. I think, um, but that's again just because I know how the story goes, and I knew that going in. So something like that might get some awards where I'd be like, I don't know. That seems I I wouldn't have done that. But the a bigger issue I kind of have with on the flip side with like what Crunchyroll does, it's doing a hybrid model is even stupider. Cuz <laughs> you have these judges who no one knows who most of these fucking people are. I have I know like 3 or 4 of them. And then it's and then it's like 30% I think fan vote counts. But I I don't know. I, 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 can you tell me that, like, all of their 50-plus ju- judges have watched every anime nominated for all this stuff? Because I doubt all of them have. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, which, Maybe I'm being which too is pessimistic. also...
0: That's also another issue with the idea of, like... Uh, I, I don't know. As it pertains to anime fans trying to please them in general, there's just there's so much content that goes on in a given year for anime anymore. Like, thousands of hours, potentially. Maybe not a thousand, but hundreds of hours, certainly. Um, yeah. It's it's a lot. I don't think the solution would be to have an award show for every season. Because there's oh. probably not <laughs> enough to do that. And it would also dilute the idea of an award show. But eh, it might be an interesting experiment. Because, I mean, like, everyone, everyone does. Like, all the anime YouTubers do their best of a season. But it's not, like, a point where the community comes together. You know, you want to save yeah. that for the yearly thing.
1: Yeah, it's—and, you know, honestly, this year was worse when it came to diversity. Like, in the past, like, My Hero would be nominated in every category. But it's like, okay, but was it—oh, well, some of the later seasons haven't been that good. But sometimes you'll have, like, uh uh Demon Slayers nominated in almost everything. But, uh, but that's kind of okay, because it was really fucking good, even though—was that whole thing this year? I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't remember when that came out. But you know the shows that there are a couple shows that deserve to be nominated in a bajillion categories. But the same five or six shows this year, when there were like at least ten really good shows worth getting nominated in different things, it's just I don't I don't understand it. Yeah, and I don't even
0: watch enough anime to really weigh in. That's fair. Uh, I am hoping to change that. You know, to my point earlier, talking about video games just making me tired. Um, you know, I'm I'm hoping that I can actually start catching up on some stuff. I watch Chainsaw Man, and I'm I'm kind of going back and forth. Do I watch Made in Abyss now, or do I just go for Mob Psycho? Oof.
1: Well, are you on the last season of Mob Psycho? No, I haven't watched season two. Oh yeah, I just watch Made in Abyss first because it's just one season.
0: True, true. But you know, also we're trying to.
1: Try to watch all those Oscar movies. We're both about halfway to that. We're not transitioning to that. We're too (laughs) close to the hour. We we talked about movies way too long.
0: (laughs) Fair. But hey, you went to go see the Fablemans yesterday? Saturday. Saturday.
1: How was that? It was pretty good. I liked it. It was fine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If it wins Best Picture, I'm going to be like, what? But, (laughs) you know, it's been a weird year. A lot of weird movies released this year, so fuck it. I don't know. True. All right, yeah,
0: we'll we'll talk Oscars more another time, because we're definitely, I mean, yeah, maybe we're back, maybe we're not. I don't, I don't really know yet. I gotta make dinner. <laughs> so, you know. Kind of playing it by ear, you know? If we're not back, we'll do an Oscars episode, but, uh, you know. And also, I, I don't know when the fuck you're listening to this, because, like, normally we put it up on Tuesday, but also I was, I was looking at my stuff. I had some PC problems a few weeks ago, and I don't have any of my presets for... For processing our audio, so so either either you're listening to this on like a Wednesday or a Thursday, or if you are listening to this on a Tuesday, the audio is a lot worse than it normally is, and we're gonna fix that. So fuck fucking fucking bear with me, you goddamn leeches.
1: Yeah. You, you f- demanded you us to come parasites. back. Like five of you. We know the five of you. <laughs> we know who you are by name. You will remain nameless. But we know. We see you in the discords. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter, dickheads. At obsession underscore pod. and hey, have you tweeted
0: forever? Yo, know, if you like the fucking show so much, maybe tell a friend about it, huh? And Ooh. spread it around, get us an audience, maybe, huh? You think about that, guys?
1: Anyway, there's some, there's some salt
0: coming up. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's the episode. I going to go make dinner. Okay, bye.